It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, your one and only place to get Wizards podcasts every day, Monday through Friday. I'm your host, Noah Getzel, Wizards Extra Beat reporter. I'm here at the Capital One Arena. My guest is another Wizards Extra Beat, another Wizards Extra reporter, Brandon Nguyen, and we're going to break down uh, the Wizards' loss in heartbreaking fashion tonight to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, but first, a little bit about the Locked On Wizards podcast. So we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, you can listen on Google Home or the Alexa. Um, what was it called again? The <laughs> Alexa Voice. I don't know. I should know. That. <laughs> I don't have an Alexa. No worries. No worries. And you can also check us out at lockedonwizards.com or follow us on Twitter, lockedonwizards. So Brandon is here, and the things we're talking about tonight are kind of recapping the way that the Wizards lost on two final like. 10 second shot attempts uh Beal had a chance for like a floater in the lane which kind of rimmed in and then fell back out and then with five seconds left he attempted a three-pointer that fell short there was another chance for Mike Scott to possibly get one off right at the buzzer that one also uh didn't drop for the Wizards so so they lost 98-95 we'll be talking about the lineup that the Wizards had at the end of the game because uh they weren't playing Tomas Sadoransky the starting point guard or Markeith Morris, who actually had a solid game, uh, shooting 5 of, five of 7 for 12 points. So we'll talk about the, the guys who came in. And then finally, we're going to talk a little bit about what this loss means for the Wizards, who now dropped to fifth place when they could have gotten ahead a game and a half over the Pacers tonight. And finally, what it means for Bradley Beal, because he's been playing incredibly heavy minutes since the All-Star break. Um, not so much over the entire course of, of March, because there have been some games that didn't go quite quite you know, down to the wire, but he played 43 minutes tonight, and you could tell every time he got to a free throw line, he was hunched over, he was tired, he said it was no excuse, but you could tell that, you know, it's not going to be sustainable to play him that long uh, for for this, you know, this far into the game. So we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, first, after these messages, you're going to hear from Bradley Beal talking about his uh, final shot and, you know, the the way this game turned out, and then we'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. No excuse, man. I gotta can't hit them shots. It's just plain simple. Slow. I was tired, but can't half-ass carry a team. You, know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go all out. I gotta make those shots. With two chances to win the game, what was the thought process going down the stretch? I mean, they gave us opportunities. We fought and clawed back into the game. You know, we knew we had the momentum. And like I had a great shot in the paint. Got kind of clipped me a little bit, but I still should have made that shot. And then I had another opportunity for a three at the end of the game. They ran out. It's just an easy pro fake. And just a three I should have just hit. So, great plays, Coach Drew. Brad, this was a situation this week where you could have leapfrogged Cleveland, you could have leapfrogged the Pacers today. How disappointing has this stretch been right here? It's disappointing, but the year's not over. You know, we still got, we still got games left. You know, we still can make make that make that run, and we still have an opportunity to to be able to jump these teams. So um, we gotta take advantage of our schedule. You know, Tuesday's gonna be a must win for us. Um, it's another hungry team coming in here, so we gotta we gotta be ready to go. Brian. During these three games that you guys lost points on, turnovers are glaring. Are you seeing it the same way? Yeah, I had way too many. This team had way too many. It's just it's been our downfall the last couple of games. And we gotta we gotta get back to making smarter decisions, decisive decisions, and aggressive things like that. You know, some of them, especially made a lot of lazy passes, not looking the defense off and making direct pass to the defense. You know, we gotta be, we gotta be better. And in these last three games, does it come down to just late game executions that have not been there? Not necessarily. I mean, we're getting good shots. Shots just don't go in, you know. Um, but I guess in, that, in your statement, yeah. I mean, your question, yeah, I guess it is. You can, you can call it that. But at the end of the day, I think the last couple of games, we've been digging ourselves a hole too early. You know, and then we, we spend all of our time and energy trying to fight and claw back into the game. You, you run out of gas, but that's on, it's on our own faults. That's our own fault. So we got to do better at maintaining the lead if we have one or keeping the game close and, and definitely executing on the stretch. Brad, right. um, speaking of running out of gas, um, since John has been out, you're up to about 37 minutes per game. How much uh, of a factor do you think fatigue has played in, you know, um, kind of how, how your play has been going? And do you hope to maybe try to get some rest going into the playoffs before? It's no excuse for me. Because every player wants to play. There's guys who wish they can play and don't play, so I can't sit here and say that I'm tired. You know, if I'm on the floor, I gotta produce and, and, and it's just plain and simple. You know, John's out, that's reality. So that was Bradley Beal. Uh, as we mentioned, he had two chances for the final buzzer beater uh, to win the game and tie it against the Pacers. First was with about 10 seconds to go. Buell caught the ball, pump faked, got an open look, driving to the rim um, on like a floater, maybe like 13, 14 feet out. It looked like it was going to drop. I'm sure you thought it was going to fall, Brandon, but unfortunately it spun out kind of 
you know, like, was in and then came back out. Uh, so the Wizards luckily got another chance uh, with five seconds to go. So there was a missed free throw by Oladipo, right? He was oh, the one to miss it. And then, so, uh, yeah, sorry, that was before. That gave the, the Wizards, you know, it was just a, a two-point game when Beal attempted that uh, floater. And then um, Corey Joseph got fouled. He went to the line. He also split them, went one of two. So the Wizards had a chance down three with five seconds to play. Beal got another good look, but he just didn't have the legs to make it drop. What do you think was the takeaway from the Wizards' execution in the fourth quarter, but also just the way that they started the game but had to claw their way back in from 17 points down ended up being this close what what did you think of all that Brandon I like their energy in the fourth quarter I like the way they competed but you got Otto has to take more than one shot in the fourth quarter they have to get him more involved you can't like your most efficient offensive player can't go through a crucial quarter where he where he barely gets to shoot the basketball they got to do a better job of getting him involved in the offense mm-hmm. and Buell took on a lot of those uh, playmaking responsibilities because it seemed like the the comeback kind of came with the bench unit involved with uh, Tim Frazier and Jan Mahimni and Jody Meeks and Mike Scott who ended up staying in the game and Sadoransky didn't really play much in the second half. Um, Markeith Morris, even though he started off hot, he didn't play too much. So Porter ended up being the one starter on the team with a positive plus minus. He was just plus two. And then guys like Markeith Morris ended up minus 21. But were you confused or were you happy with where things ended up with, you know, let's check these fourth quarter stats, but it seemed like, um, you know, you had Jody Meeks, the guy who barely ever plays, and Mike Scott and Jan Mahimni closing out the game. Were, were you okay with that? I don't know because, I mean, that lineup did give the Wizards more energy, but when it comes to defense, they didn't... They weren't that much more successful than the original lineup in keeping the Pacers out of the paint or keeping Oladipo from getting to the rim. So, to be honest, I don't I don't know what to make of that lineup. It's mm-hmm. a, it was a pretty weird lineup, to say the least. Yeah, uh, so in the fourth quarter... By the way, Kelly Oubre didn't play. Uh, it was kind of like a last-minute announcement. He had a sore left foot, so he was held out of this game. He obviously, you know, he plays, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a game, so he's a big... He's a big contributor, so they had to find their minutes somewhere. And then in the fourth quarter, Bradley Beal played the entire second half. Didn't get a single second of, of rest. Otto played eight and a half minutes. Beal, Meeks, Mahimni, and Mike Scott all played the entire 12 minutes of the fourth quarter. And then Tim Frazier was in for three minutes and 38 seconds as well. Beal started off ice cold. He was two of ten in the first half. He finished like four of 16 some point in the third quarter and Porter also he responded really well in the second half but as you mentioned just one shot attempt in the fourth Porter started one of seven and finished the game six of 12 so he went five for five after the the break um he was playing really well in the third quarter but ultimately it was just a a funky lineup for the Wizards Thomas Sadoransky played just 22 minutes even though he's the starting point guard Gortat has been playing too much recently but he played 22 minutes as well and then um who was it? Markeith Morris. He was in there for 27. So it was pretty balanced in terms of minutes aside from <laughs> Beal playing 43. But it it was just a, a tough game because the Wizards really didn't come out with the right energy. They were down 10 after the first quarter. And what do you think made it so difficult to stop Victor Oladipo, who finished with an incredible line? 33 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and just one turnover. 
it was just the pace he played at. It, that's it's that simple. I mean, Sadransky, he doesn't have the foot speed to stay in front of him. Jody Meeks, Tim Frazier, neither one of those guys have to have the foot speed to stay in front of him. I mean, you can you can ask Beal to check him, but with the amount of minutes he's playing, you need to rest him on defense mm-hmm. a little bit. So without Kelly Oubre, who would you want trying to guard Victor Oladipo tonight? I mean, you don't have I don't too know. many options. Maybe Otto. Know. I mean, maybe Otto, but I mean, Otto's length might give him problems on the perimeter, but Otto's not staying in front of Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a well-balanced scoring output for the Wizards, no doubt about it. Uh, for the Pacers, so we had um, Beal finish with 22. He just shot 8 of 27, but he had 13 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he also had a career-high 11 assists and then three steals and a block, uh, not to mention three rebounds. Um, after that was Porter with 17. Markeith Morris had 12, Gortat had 10 and 7. Uh, a, a couple of the other guys were getting 8 and 7 rebounds too. Porter had 8 rebounds, um, Morris had 7, Gortat had 7. And then off the bench, uh, Mike Scott had 10 points, Mahimni had 8 points, 9 rebounds, and Jody makes 7 points, um, and not much else. <laughs> and and then when you look at the, the Pacers, they only had three guys, sorry, four guys in double figures. Former wizard Boyan Bogdanovich was the second leading scorer after Oladipo, who had, thir- who had 33. Um, Bogdanovich had uh, 20. And then uh, Corey Joseph played a key role. He had 16 points. Miles Turner, 12 points, 13 rebounds. It It was a low shooting game for both teams. Neither one of them was really hitting the three. The Wizards ended up with 10 three-pointers, just shooting 37%, which is decent. Ultimately, what do you think lost the game for the Wizards? Was it turnovers? Because they didn't have a ton of turnovers. There were 15 of them, but they came at really crucial times. Yeah, it was the turnovers. I mean, like you said, they didn't commit that many turnovers throughout the game. It was just the turnovers they committed late in the game that were that were so costly. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, they, that the Wizards, they didn't really try to run anything like, to get Porter involved late in the game when it was clear that Beal was gassed. Like like you said, said earlier, he, when he was at the free throw line, he was hunched over. So you got to give Beal some relief on the offensive end. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the shame of this, of course, there's still 19, I believe 19 games left for the Wizards. They're now 36 and 28. But like the tough part is the the Cavaliers just lost last night to the Nuggets. So the Wizards were only a half game back entering this game. If they won, they would have moved into third place. Instead, they drop into sixth place because they were just a half game above the Pacers who beat them head-to-head tonight. And so now Pacers are in fourth. The Wizards are in fifth, which wouldn't be home court advantage. There's some more games left. But everyone was kind of saying, like Jody Meeks was saying, it seems like every game the Wizards are playing now is like a playoff environment. So even if they're not must-wins, like it still has the feel like, hey, if I can't beat the Pacers now, can we beat them in the playoffs, right? Right. Well, Brandon and I are going to take a quick break, but the Locked On Wizards podcast is going to be right back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the minutes distribution and lineups and how this kind of inconsistency and over over uh, running Bradley Beal is, is kind of going to take a toll on him and has even since the All-Star game. So we'll be right back with the Locked On Wizards podcast. Stay tuned. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's Sunday night and the Wizards dropped just by three points to the Indiana Pacers. We're going to have some post-game quotes from both uh, Scott Brooks and Jody Meeks coming up after uh, we finish this last segment, which is about Beal's run and how he's kind of being run into the ground with all the minutes he's playing and John Wall's absence. Do you think Beal is kind of begging to stay in these games or do you... Do you get the sense that he wishes that he had some more time off? Because he seems like the guy who never wants to be out of a game, but at the same time, we could both tell he was totally wiped out trying to guard Victor Oladipo, trying to lead the offense himself. He ended up leading the Wizards with 22 points and 11 assists, which was a career high, but it was not his best game. He didn't shoot too well, and you could just tell like when those last two buzzer beating like you know final shots at the end of the game came they were great shots and the shots he usually hits but he just didn't have the legs for it what what can scott brooks do to alleviate this issue uh maybe give give beal like a two like a two to three minute rest around the eight minute mark of the fourth quarter as i like you i think you said earlier he played the entire fourth quarter right entire second half actually Entire second half yeah wow so yeah I say like give Beal like a three minute rest. To, yeah, and around the, whole the eight first minute quarter mark. too. <laughs> and, wow, shoot! So he only got what six, what six minutes of rest? In the second quarter, he played six forty five, and so yeah, those five minutes, fifteen seconds of rest was his only rest throughout yeah. the game. Yeah, I mean, just try to get him some rest in the fourth quarter. Maybe if he if he didn't play that entire fourth quarter, maybe that three that hit the front of the rim that could have tied the game, maybe that would go in because yeah. if Beal gets an open look like that, nine times out of ten, he's got to make that shot. And the Wizards, I mean, it's it's really tough to figure out when to give him a rest because, like, when you go down 17 points, and I guess it ended up being 15 points entering the fourth quarter, like, you don't want to let any of that slip away to start the fourth quarter. So, like, Beal stayed in the game. Wizards went on a 10 nothing run, got within five. Of course, they got all the way back. They never led throughout the game, but it's just really tough to pick those spots of when you can allow... Beal to come in because you don't want him to play with all bench guys. Of course, it was a strange lineup to, tonight where he was around three different bench players even to close out the game. Uh, you had Mike Scott, Jan Mahimni, and Jody Meeks of all people in there with him. Meeks hit some free throws and one three-pointer, but you know ultimately was just one of six. He said after the game, which which you'll hear that if he just hit you know a couple more, like Beal was facilitating the ball really well. If Beal just you know, if Meeks could have just knocked down another three or two, it would have been a totally different game because that's the number of points that the Wizards lost by, just three points. Wizards also missed four free throws, and it was crazy how good the Pacers were from the free throw line up until the final 30 seconds or whatever. They were 22 of 22, and then, or sorry, they were they hit 22 of 24, but um, huge free throw misses for Oladipo and Corey Joseph in those that final minute. Um, well, do you think that there's still a good reason for the Wizards to look to sign another player? Because tonight they just had, what, 11 active guys? And two of them didn't play? Three people didn't play. Kelly Oubre was injured. So the only people eligible, let's see, one, two, three, four. So nine, 11 people were active. Jason Smith and Ramon Sessions didn't see any time. Ramon's about to be 
who knows what'll happen, but I don't know if he'll get another... His 10-day contract expires at midnight. I think the Wizards have until tomorrow to determine whether they want to re-sign him for another 10-day contract or the rest of the season. Do you think the Wizards need someone else, or do you think Ramon Sessions should should get at least another 10-day contract? What's what's missing? Shooting guard position? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they should sign anyone else. I mean, there's only a month, what, a month and a half left. Yeah, about a month, a month and a half left in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, nineteen games. I and mean, whoever they bring in at this point, it's, it's tough to integrate. It's, them. it's tough to integrate them. It's, then they're gonna have to get into game shape, and they might not even be ready by playoff time. So, I'll say, just give Ramon Sessions another ten-day contract. But that still does. I mean, Beal played some point guard tonight. It doesn't necessarily alleviate Beal's minutes, though. If you already have two point guards, and you have two shooting guards, like, what's the answer to give? Like, what kind of lineup do you want to see when Beal is not on the floor? For me, I would want to see, um, I guess, ideally, like, Tim Frazier, Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter, and then Mike Scott and Jan Mahimni. I think that would be a, a legitimate enough lineup not to, you know, let things get out of hand when Beal steps off the floor. I like that lineup. Any lineup with a combination of Porter and Oubre would would work. You don't think they kind of step on each other's toes a little bit too much in terms of the three like small forward position that they play or would it be okay if Porter shifts down to power forward or Uber shifts over to playing shooting guard? Do you think they can mesh on the floor at the same time together? I guess they've shown they have when, I think so because when they, Morris plays the, the small ball five position. I think so because both of those guys, they don't really need the ball. They can play off the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to their strengths aren't going to take away from the other guy's strengths. Does it, Does a game like what we saw from uh, Jody Meeks tonight in 26 minutes, does it add any confidence to the backup shooting guard position? In your mind, he didn't shoot incredibly well, but it seemed like his defense was on point, even though he didn't end up with any steals. His line was seven minutes in 26 minutes. Sorry, tw- seven points in 26 minutes, along with one rebound, no assists, Four for four from the free throw line. Is that solid numbers? Did he deserve to stay on the court? Or would you have subbed in Sadoransky, who had four fouls, to replace Meeks maybe in the last, I don't know, five minutes of the fourth quarter or something? I would have subbed in um, Sadoransky for Meeks because I have more confidence in Sadoransky taking an open three-pointer than mm-hmm. Jody Meeks at this point in the season. I mean, Jody was one for six, one for five from the three-point line. And most of those shots were wide-open jumpers, and he, could, and he just couldn't knock them down. And and Sadoransky's yeah. shooting really well from the three-point line this year, too. He is 47%, uh, seven, 35 out of 75 three-pointers this year. Um, Meeks, on the other hand, is just 31%, 31 and a half. And he's known as a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> but... Oh, was that? Yeah, that was three-point focal. So, anyway, tough loss for the Wizards tonight. Um, we're going to hear some more post-game analysis from Wizards coach Scott Brooks and then a little bit from Jody Meeks as well, um, talking about the opportunities that he had and how much trust that the guys have in Beal to keep shooting these these types of game-winning, game-tying potential shots. So, Brandon, anything else you want to add before we sign off here on the Locked On Wizards podcast tonight? By the way, I forgot to mention, sorry to cut you off, this is the first three-game losing streak for the Wizards all season. Two of these games, all three are against playoff opponents, and the past two were against the Warriors and the Raptors, so you're not concerned, are you? 
I'm concerned. If they don't come out with any energy against the Heat on Mon- on Tuesday. Tuesday night, they're in trouble because the Heat, they are a very athletic team. And if the Wizards come out flat like they did today, they're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Driving against Hassan Whiteside is no easy task, too. Yeah. He have some great three-point shooters. It's, yeah, absolutely going to be a tough test. But the Heat are, what, sitting at eighth place? You're sitting so, at eighth place. I mean, at this point in the year, you know, like, where these guys are going to be in the playoffs. So you need to think, like... Listen, we can't be losing to teams who are below us in the playoff rankings or else, you know, we're going to end up with some crappy seating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go into the playoffs without home court advantage. Yeah. Especially when and you're... you want momentum, too, you exactly. know, after the All-Star break. No doubt about it. Well, Brandon, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for previewing this game and then being here for the recap. And uh, we're about to let you hear from Wizards coach Scott Brooks now. Oh, yeah. Just a combination of uh, our turnovers and got some good looks that couldn't drop for us. Um, we fought back. It's tough to come down or get down 17 points. And what we did, we came back and had a chance to tie it with 10 seconds. Had actually a chance to go up one with 18 seconds with, uh, with Brad's layup. Um, yeah, a couple of tough breaks that didn't go our way, but we fought back and gave ourselves a chance to send it into overtime. Scott, uh, what was the, the reasoning behind the lineup you decided to go with uh, down the stretch? Meeks um, and Scott. Uh, and uh, they gave us energy. You know, the other lineup, we were down a big number. And they gave us energy. We, we came from behind uh, with that lineup, and I was going to roll the dice. I thought they deserved the chance to win the game. Uh, I thought Jan was uh, good in the second half, uh, protecting the, the paint and rolling to the basket. And Mike hit some big shots. I thought Keith was good, but you know Mike at that point, you know Mike was um, the momentum change for us. You know we were down 17 and we, we took had a chance to take the lead with 18 seconds with that group. Scott, uh, this is the second time in the last week that uh, Sadoransky has kind of gotten into foul trouble, and we've seen his uh, second half minutes kind of decrease. Is that uh, something where where you don't have the trust level in a young player to you know not pick up those extra fouls, or did you kind of uh, just leave him on the bench because of the momentum? And the the momentum, yeah, the momentum tonight. He definitely picked up the fourth foul, and it was going to take him out, and then he was going to go back in depending on what the game was going to be like. Well, I thought Tim helped change that momentum, and then we went with Brad at the point and Otto handling some of the ball duties, um, and and the momentum changed. And, but I'm confident in, in Thomas. He has picked up a couple of fouls. Um, both games got some foul trouble. Yeah, man, you got to do a better job of taking care of the ball. Uh, I think we will. You, know, you have points in the season, especially uh, down the stretch where you can't afford uh, stuff like that because we're playing <clears throat> high-quality teams. Um, every every game right now is kind of like a playoff game, so uh, it's going to be close, and we got to do a good job of uh, taking care of the ball. To have those so many opportunities to tie the game or even take a lead late, and it seemed like each one of us a turnover, missed shot, whatever. It's how frustrating was it to be that close and then just couldn't get that one play? Yeah, it seemed like we couldn't get over the hump, uh, but... I think that came from being down so much in the third quarter uh, that we can't put that much pressure on ourselves. 
Um, we tried to dig, tried to do that uphill battle um, in the fourth, but it was definitely, you know, frustrating. Couldn't get over the hump, um, but it's over now. We got to get ready for Tuesday. As a guy who's uh, known as a shooter, when you see Brad, he's, the numbers speak for themselves. He's missed shots late in games. You, anything you could say to him, anything you would point to to him to whatever to slow down, do something different to try to change change his luck late in games? it would be all right. I mean, he has a ball in his hands and, and, you know, all the opportunities. So um, everybody on this team has confidence in him. Uh, just keep shooting. Don't lose confidence. Uh, we have confidence in him. So uh, just keep shooting. Someone who's not a traditional point guard, Beal had a career high 11 assists tonight. Uh, how what do you think of him finding you and other shooters uh, late in the fourth quarter playing point? You know, I think he's doing a good job of you know, trusting all of us. I think um, you know myself, especially, I do a better job of knocking them down for him. Uh, if I would hit a couple more threes, we'd have won. So, um, but he's doing a good job of facilitating and getting everybody involved. That'll do it for tonight's edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Once again, I'm Noah Getzel, and we'll be back Monday night with an interview from SB Nation's Kelly Cohen to preview the Wizards and Heat matchup coming to you Tuesday night at Capital One Arena. Talk to you soon, Wizards fam. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.